Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now, <laughs> welcome to another episode of After 9. You're on air with Kat Cowell. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, I just took the on-air off of my social name, and then I went on-air with Ryan Seacrest, <laughs> the initial on-air guy. Um, I my By the way, by the time maybe you were listening to this podcast, the interview will have aired, but a lot of people have been asking me, what, how, how can I hear it? I want to hear it. And that's cool. Thank you so much for that, but I don't want to make you fiddle around. Here in Canada, on-air with Ryan Seacrest airs a lot of just sporadic radio stations, and I don't want to have to have you fiddling everywhere. So I'm going to be posting it. Uh, at some point, either today or tomorrow morning, I will make sure that it's out there in case you're interested to check it out. But Scott, it was so cool to kind of get an inside. Now, I'm a radio nerd, okay? So are you. So uh, forgive us for a second, but we're going to have one of those radio inside conversations. But it was so cool to see the inside of how this radio show works. It's for those who don't know, he does a radio show in LA on Kiss FM and it's a great radio show. He does a good job. He's done it for from many New years. York, by the way, he does it from New York. It's in LA, right? So he does that, but then they take that show and they package it out. And then it airs on all kinds of other stations, including some here in Canada, uh, at night or during the day or whatever. So I assume you're going to be in one of those segments, but this mm-hmm. morning you'll be live in Hollywood and that's got to feel pretty good. I mean, it hasn't aired LA time yet as we record the pod but you're about to go famous cat all the celebrities listen to that show do they all listen to that show yeah the ones who are up likely do. <laughs> the ones who are awake at that time yeah i find it's- millionaires tend to not necessarily get up and jump in the car and and go to dunkin donuts and listen to the radio well, on their way to work sometimes those who make money uh have a different schedule there are the, the night owls that can make the all the money uh, but yeah, very cool. Um, Ryan Seacrest was one of the first people to to reach out after I came out with the TikTok thing. So I was happy to jump on that. So he kind of got a, a little bit of a new, no, actually podcast listeners got the scoop really, but he kind of got the second tier scoop. Hmm. What's the studio like? Is it cool? It is cool. I mean, everything. So I was on Zoom. I was on video as well um, because they post stuff to their social accounts. So um, on air with Ryan, I believe is where you can find them everywhere. I'm also going to repost it at Voice of Cat. So eventually I'll do that. Um, if I haven't yet, sorry, but I will eventually. But um, yeah, it's really, really neat. Uh, it's a well-oiled machine over there, as you can imagine. It's a really big show. So they've got producers, plural, lots of lots of people behind the scenes. They have a producer? Uh, the, wow, yeah, they have multiple, that must be nice. They have multiple producers. <laughs> multiple, uh, produ- multiple producers. What do you do with all these I people? I know, right? Uh, which is very cool. And Sisney was great, and Tanya was great, too. And I think I, I, I'm. it's one of those things. Now, when I talk to people, and they don't know me before this, it weirds them out. It weirds them out to hear the TikTok text-to-speech girl is actually a person and talks. And and that's one of the number one questions I get is, I didn't know that was those were people, those were robots. But what happens is you have to have an initial voice in order to make that noise. Are you? So it's a people. It's a people thing. There's people behind all of it. Are you going to now go and take Siri's job? No, I don't intend to do that whatsoever. Siri does a great job. <laughs> we, Can you imagine? Fuck, sorry, Siri. Cat's taking your gig, I'll too. I'll talk about Siri with Ryan today, too. I'll oh. be talking with Siri. And you know what? The full interview, I'm going to have it here on the podcast for tomorrow for Wednesday's podcast. Okay, so that's another option if you don't yeah. happen to see it on Cat's social go. later so on today. So many options. This morning when we were doing our FM radio show, the morning one on 91.5 The Beat in Kitchener, we got this word last minute, spur of the moment, 
Doug Ford and Stephen Lecce are going to do a news conference this morning. That's two Dugs in a row. Two double the Doug. And and we <laughs> double Dougie. We haven't heard double Dougie since COVID. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I I want to go and we're going to hear all of this together. From what I can tell, it wasn't really much of any announcement. It was more like a, I'm available to you if you have more questions. Interesting. That's oh. all from what I heard so far, but I did not hear the full thing. Well, let's give a little listen to whatever it was that happened this morning. I did not have a chance to watch it live. So here is Doug Ford's news conference from this morning at Queens Park. I've heard QP say we need to invest more in lower income workers. I couldn't agree more. So today we're back at the table. And while I can't get into details, we're back at the table with an improved offer, particularly for the lower income workers. Just as we're listening to QP, we also need QP to listen to us. As Premier, I always need to consider the bigger picture. I always need to consider how decisions impact the entire province. Our agreement with QP It will have massive impacts on broader public service salaries, especially as we continue negotiating with teachers. These impacts, they could cost tens of billions of dollars. That's money we need for schools, healthcare, transit, and infrastructure. It's money we need for vital services that every hardworking people of this province rely on. That's why it's so important that QP understands where we're coming from. We want a deal that's fair for students, fair for parents, fair for taxpayers, and fair for workers, particularly lower income workers. We know we can get there. When did Doug all of a sudden become a champion of the lower income workers? That's twice now he's mentioned it, but I would assume that if if he couldn't agree more, it would have been more than two and a half percent initially. Because let's keep in mind where we are here, everybody. We are on November the 8th, right back to where we were on November the 1st. We know we will. Now, hang on a second, Doug. Jesus. So <laughs> if you think about it, the province said, if you guys don't remove your threat to strike, we're going to use the notwithstanding clause. And of course, the union wouldn't do it. No, they don't have to because workers have a right to collective bargain and to strike. So, so Doug said, all right, fine. Fuck it. We're using the notwithstanding clause. Because of that, they did go out on strike. Now Doug promised to remove the notwithstanding clause and repeal the whole bill if they finished their strike. So now we're back at a negotiation stage. Zero has been accomplished except they pissed everybody off again. The union is now even more skeptical of the government's negotiation We've got negotiations ongoing right now with everyone from the bus drivers at Metrolinx to the teachers' unions themselves, and they're all watching to see what kind of a deal QP gets here. This whole last week was a waste of time and money mm-hmm. and effort. Do you know how many I- principals and administrators spent yesterday handing out tech to kids only to find out halfway through it, oh, yeah, you don't actually need the tech because you're going to be back in class tomorrow. This was an exercise in futility, and it was all avoidable. It was all because Doug's addicted to the notwithstanding clause. He's got a bona fide addiction. He wants to keep doing it.
Mm-hmm. And somebody's got to take that damn card away from him because, holy shit, he does not use it right. Well, I hope, I mean, I hope that there are talks and they continue. And I just, again, I do want fair compensation. I mean, I mentioned yesterday, I thought that this was going to last longer and I'm almost surprised that it didn't. And I understand the need to get kids back to the classroom. Again, as a mom of a parent who wasn't in school yesterday, but is now in school today, I had those feelings of, oh, that sucks. But at the same time, you're damn right I want people to make what they deserve. EAs especially, and I, I, I don't mean to center just EAs. I know this, there's more than just EAs involved, but I understand what EAs do because my mom was an EA growing up in the school that I went to, and I saw I saw what she, what she did day in and day out, and I see and I hear what EAs do day in and day out inside that classroom to be able to do the exact thing that, I mean, we have talked about many times before is that everybody has a different way to learn and to be able to talk to these students and have that time with them one-on-one to figure out that there's diversity in the classroom. This student learns the best way this way. This student learns the best way that way. That's what EAs do. They're so important. And it kind of grosses me out that they're being paid. Some of them are being paid the amount that they're being paid. That's not okay either. So I really want to see something fair happen here. I, I agree that it has to be fair, but I also think we need to keep everything in perspective here. I mean, when it comes to the EAs, there's some that are saying, give them whatever they want. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, this is still a part-time job. This is still a nine-month-a-year part-time job. Six hours a day, and that's the part-time. thing. Is, and, th- and that's not what the fight is here, too, to make it full-time. That's not the fight, right? Well, I mean, it's part of the fight. People, they want to go up to seven hours instead of six. That's exactly it. But that would be for another time, I think, unless they can work something out that way. But I don't see it happening now. They also want five days before the school year even starts paid. They would also like to get double time to work on Truth and Reconciliation Day. Uh, There's a lot of things that are in there, and uh, you're welcome to go and research the actual numbers on it. I mean, I I think fair is fair, and and that's fine. But I'm also conscious of the fact that this is a part-time job. It's only a a nine-month-a-year gig. In the summertime, are are they collecting EI? Does that add to the 39,000? Because as I'm told, it's more than 39000 for the vast majority. But- I see, and I don't know. You would maybe know more than me. You have more people in it. Like, I have friends that are in- involved in this, but I, I don't know. I, I don't want to ask too many questions about it because I find all that stuff so personal. But it's important for us to know because we are talking public sector. I, so I don't know I, why I need- we can't know. I mean, it's public oh, information. Abs- well, this is what I mean. Absolutely. I think that this is where education comes in. I didn't realize the pay was like this until this happened. So it's definitely made me go, okay, let me learn more about this. I didn't know this doesn't seem right. Well, you know, it, it's funny in the the discussion around renegotiating these contracts for the education workers, and don't get me wrong, I feel not only should they get paid more, but I feel like we should front load it because inflation is so high. I thought that the initial plan all along was going to be you give them a huge pay increase this year and then much smaller increases over the next three years, and that gets them through the temporary inflation struggle. But in the the passion of this debate, and I love the passion, and I love the advocacy for education workers, but I I think a few things are getting lost in in the passion. I've heard some people suggesting they should be paid just as much as teachers. And and frankly, I don't understand where you're coming from. Teachers have a, generally have a, a much bigger investment into their education. You know, they've gone and they've got their undergrad, they've gone to teaching school. Teachers also do things like uh, plan out the entire day. They have to write report cards. They have to do a lot of things and be accountable for a lot of different things that not necessarily all education workers have to be responsible for. So I don't think that they're on the same plane there. Uh, 
ECEs, well, they're somewhere right in the middle between an EA and a teacher. Yeah, they probably deserve more than they get, and I'm happy that they're going to get more. I just don't know how much more we're willing to spend here. Now, Doug came out at, what was it, 2% and 1.5%. Then he went up to 2% and 2.5%. The unions want 11.7% every year for the next four years. It seems like there's not really an obvious path to meeting in the middle here. The middle would be somewhere around a 6 or 7% increase annually. Could we make it a 10% this year and then drop it down to maybe 3 or 2 or 1% for the years after? There's room to wiggle here. There's a lot of room to wiggle. It's just now we have to let the negotiations actually happen. And I assume the point of Doug's news conference here was to tell QP, you guys got to, you, you certainly have the momentum right now. And they do. They came out of this looking great. They are going into these negotiations with the momentum. The province doesn't have a lot of leverage because the public has already turned on them, and that was totally self-inflicted. But we still need to get a fair deal done. So I think what Doug wants to do here is lower their expectations and still try and get a deal done. Otherwise, they're going to walk again. Yesterday was bizarre what happened. The fact that parents and kids and other education workers were off the job for two days, two school days, that's crazy to me that we were even contemplating distance learning again this year just to accommodate this. Like I said, schools were handing out those those tablets and those Chromebooks all day yesterday, getting ready for distance learning. Oh, they were handing them out like last week. It's crazy to yeah, me getting ready for it, that yeah. this had to go on as far as it did, and, and now we're in a position where the province has to come out and hold a preemptive news conference to warn them to lower their expectations. It, it's just a shocking time. I just want everybody to win. <laughs> well, and you know what? I mean, we, I just want that. And, and I do want to say we do want everyone to win and we want everybody to make a livable wage. But we also yeah. have to ask ourselves what stage in life we're at here. I mean, if I want to become a teacher, I know what's required of that. I'm going to have to go to university and then I'll go on and do a couple of years of teacher's college. And then I'll earn my way into the system and, and apply at various boards until I get hired. Okay, probably have to do like a long-term placement to cover somebody else for a while, mm-hmm. and then eventually you get in. With the the other education workers, the ECEs, the EAs, it's a different job. And when it comes to the EAs in particular, and maybe even the ECEs, again, it's a part-time job. That's what it was always intended definitely to be. Definitely not with, well, I don't know about EAs as well now. Today, how it works, I could tell you ECEs, that's definitely not the case. So with the uh, with working nine months a year, if you're still pulling in $39,000, average that out over 12, and I think that's probably a little bit better than most people think. But how much more can we pay? How much can we afford to pay? And I, I, I'm pretty sure that the point of Doug's message there at the beginning was to point out whatever they do here is going to have massive implications with the other negotiations. If if you give out raises here, the other unions are going to be standing there like, <laughs> pay up. What? And I think he's thinking of the long-term game. We can't afford to do that for every union. What um, what do other provinces pay? Yeah, I don't think as much as Ontario. Uh, save really? a couple of them. Ontario's fairly I'm just curious well off. And yeah. I mean, Ontario also factors in your compensation package, not just your salary, because you do get okay. some pretty good benefits in a lot of ways. And they say they want to protect that and their pensions and so on and so forth. So I don't envy the situation we're in, but let's keep in mind the reason we're in the situation we're in is because the government preemptively used the notwithstanding clause to the point where Justin Trudeau himself had to come out and call out the premier. He's not very 
consistent with calling out premiers using the notwithstanding clause because he hasn't said a word about Quebec, but he's all over Doug Ford in Ontario, and I assume Doug's probably getting a little frustrated. I think he thought he had a little more cover than he got. But either way, we are where we are. Uh, You can hope for the best. I don't think this story is finished being written. I don't think the two of them are going to walk out the front door at Queen's Park, meaning the head of the union and Doug, and kick the door open and say, Hallelujah, we got a deal. I don't think it's going to go down like that. But if it does, I'll be pleasantly surprised. If the workers can go into work and do their job and feel like they're being rewarded fairly for what they do, Mission accomplished, Mm -hmm. as long as the taxpayers also get good value for their money as well. Today is the U.S. election. I think everybody understands how this works. Yeah. Every four years. Well, actually, no. I don't think a lot of people do understand. But it's every two years, basically, there is an election. This one is for particular, was it governors and very important. I know there's a very important house. (laughs) What is it? The House of Representatives. Representatives. Thank you so much. Assembly people, uh, Congress people. Congress people. There you go. Congressmen and women. These are called the midterm elections because they elect a president every four years. Two years in between, right in the middle, they have their midterm elections, and that's where they elect the Congress. So right now, the Democrats have some control in Congress, and they've got a Democratic president in Joe Biden. The polls say that tonight the Republicans are going to take back control of the Senate and Congress. Senate and the House, Congress overall. If they do that, Joe Biden can basically forget about getting anything done in the next two years. Because in order for a bill to become a law in America, it has to start at the, well, it has to go through the president and through the Congress Mm -hmm. and then hope the Supreme Court doesn't overturn it. So if Joe Biden wants to propose something, he'll have to go to a bunch of Republicans and get them to agree in order for it to become law. Unless he uses executive powers and things like that. But that's a whole other kettle of fish. This is going to be an interesting one. I'm fully expecting tomorrow to wake up to a bunch of tweets from celebrities that say, I'm moving to Canada. You they do it so? every single yeah. time. Well, of course election. they do. And they never they never actually do it. Um, it's uh, a big, serious deal as well. The news broke last night. We didn't get to vote for it, but it happened. The sexiest man alive reveal. Ah. Uh, you and I were... Not right. Not even close. Can I just say, and, and by the way, the sexiest man alive, in case you didn't see it everywhere today, is Chris Evans, Captain America. Was he not the sexiest man alive previous to this? Thank you. I swear I thought he was. I actually stayed up to watch it, and when they announced Chris Evans, I thought, again? I thought you couldn't be sexiest man more than once. He has been the, no, actually, he hasn't been the sexiest man. I, I find that so hard to believe. He's a, a beautiful man. You, you would like him, right? He's an absolutely gorgeous man. Absolutely. Yes. He's, you know what I think I did? I think I screwed up my Chris's. I think, was Chris Pine one then? Maybe it was Chris Pine. Was, wait, wait, which one's Chris, Chris Pine? Chris, Chris Pine. Oh no. Now you're going to put I'm me thinking the- of Chris Hemsworth. That's who I always oh. get confused with Chris. See, and then there's, Evans. then there's the other Chris, Jurassic Park Chris. Wasn't he a Chris? Isn't that the same they Chris? All, they are all good looking. All men named White Chris men. are good looking. <laughs> Good-looking men. Good-looking white men. That may or may not be in people someday. I don't know. But anyway, I thought that he was already, I thought that he'd already done it. Uh, He didn't go on Stephen Colbert, by the way, because he's filming a movie, a Christmas movie with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson right now. So Dwayne The Rock Johnson was Sexiest Man Alive in 2016. But he, he at the time, was like, I'm not giving up this title. So he has it in perpetuity. So it's kind of funny. The two played on it. If you want to check out the... uh, 
If you want to check out the video, it's out there. You know what? Let's play a, a little bit of The Rock and Chris. Now I've got too many Chris's in my head. Which one is the sexiest man? Captain America. Chris. Captain America is Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Okay. Yeah. Here's Chris Evans and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The sexiest man alive. Look at you, man. You look good. Thanks. It means a lot. It means a lot coming from the former sexiest man alive. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I just mean, you know, thanks for the support. Of course. Yeah. As a former sexiest man alive, it just means a lot. Um, I never give the title up. Weren't you Sexiest Man Alive in 2016? I'm Sexiest Man Alive in perpetuity, which means for life. Okay. Yeah. But I, well, I thought I was just named. Let me ask you a question, brother. Okay. Am I alive? Yeah. I'm still alive. Mm -hmm. Am I still sexy? Clearly. You bet your sexy mouth I am. <laughs> We're sharing. We're going to share it. We're sharing it. All right. Are you ready? I'll take it. <laughs> Good. Your sexy mouth. Is, well, you and your you bet your sexy mouth. You bet your sexy mouth I am. While we're playing Chris clips. Chris Pratt, by the way, was the other Chris. That was bugging me. Chris uh, Pratt. So there's Chris Evans, Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth. And I know the Chris's. There's a lot of good looking Chris's. Chris Jenner. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good looking man. There's a lot of good looking Chris's in the world. It seems to me. Uh, while we're playing audio, let's do another one because this has a very Canadian angle to it. Last night, Ryan Reynolds was on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Also, a lot of good-looking Ryans in the world. Anyway, continue. What Ryans are you thinking of? Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds Ryan and Ryan Gosling? Gosling. Okay. And, and that's Canadian. it. And that's where it ends. Canadian Ryans are good-looking. <laughs> the only Ryans that... No, I'm sure there's many attractive Ryans. Some that might listen to this podcast. Well, he did make it official last night that he is considering buying the Ottawa Senators. There's a rumor going on that you may be interested in buying uh, an NHL professional hockey team, the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators? Yes, that it's is a Canadian true. team. Yeah, that is a, it's an NHL team, the Ottawa Senators. I am trying to, to do that. It's a very expensive. So, you know, I need to partner with, you know, really deep pockets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, much bigger. That's, it's, called a, it's called a consortium or consortium or a consortium mm -hmm. when you form a group together to, to buy an entity. And I just, it's such, a, it's such a fancy way of saying I need a sugar mommy or a sugar daddy. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, but you, you um, do need one. Yeah, yeah. but I love yeah. Ottawa. I grew up, I grew up uh, in Vancouver, which has my heart always, but, but I also grew up in Ottawa, uh, Canada. So I spent uh, a long time in Vanier there, which is a little town right inside Ottawa. Little and area hockey community. is just part of the, uh, it's part of the system when you grow up. That's it's, part of it's, your blood. It's sad, it's scary, but children are eased out of the womb in ice skates in Canada. I mean, that's <laughs> they how really they are. They're ready to go. Yeah, NHL ready by the time they're four. Would that make the NHL a better place, or would that make you take it less seriously once it starts getting celebrity infiltrated? I mean, celebrity infiltrated, but we're still talking real money, so I think we can still treat it with the same level of seriousness, but you have to admit, it would be kind of fun if Deadpool only Ottawa Senators, or at least was a, a, a viable owner, one of them. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? So for me, I'm I, I'm a fan of this. I like this, even though, of course, I'm a Leafs fan through and through. I will always be a Leafs fan. Uh, the thought of making sure that the team is kept in Canada, I think, is important. And I, no matter if you root for the Sens or you think they're trash, it doesn't matter. The fact that we keep these teams in Canada, I think, is important. We have so many... Canadian players that play in the league and can't even really represent Canada. So at least keep the teams in the league, please. I have no problem with it. I mean, money is money. And however you make it, you can spend it. 
for Ryan, he needs someone, as you, as you heard, he needs someone to go in on that with him. And I have no doubt in my mind, by the way, he made it seem like he's not sure if anyone's interested. I have no doubt in my mind, Scott, that he's already worked out some details with some pretty big names, whether they're in business, whether they're in I don't, whatever industry it might be, doesn't matter. But what we're waiting on is the actual sale of the team because it hasn't even gone up for sale yet, technically. But he knows all that stuff. For those who don't know, I mean, he also grew up in Ottawa, which means I think he has a lot of ties to that and maybe even has already talked to the family about it. And the family's probably cool with him having it. Let's go down this road. Do you think he would bring in an American to co-own a Canadian hockey franchise? Or do you think he'll try and keep it all Canadian owned? I don't think he'll try to keep it Canadian owned. No, I think money is money. Again, if you go in on it and you're as long as it's part of the deal that you keep it in Ottawa, which I think is important to him, then he'd be okay with it. Why not? Would you be more likely to root for the Senators knowing Ryan Reynolds owns them? Maybe. Really? Yeah, the answer is a maybe for me. I I think that because they're just like a team, especially right now, um, for me, then I'll pay more attention to them if Ryan's there. I mean, celebrity power is a, is a big deal, I think, especially when it comes to sports ownership or ambassadorship, like Drake with the Raptors, for example. Justin Bieber, although not an official title with the Leafs, it's cool to see him at a game. That makes me feel cool to know, hey, he's showing all of his followers and his and his people who listen to his music, like, hey, I like this team. Maybe that'll get them interested in hockey. So if it, that gets people interested and at least paying attention, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, so let me give you a for instance. As I think about the Canadians that are wealthy enough to buy in and own part of this franchise, mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds is very, very low on that list. He's got a shit ton of money, but not even close to pro sports money. Justin Bieber has got pro sports money, but probably not interested in owning the Ottawa Senators. No, he's not doing that. Unless he could move them to be a second team in Toronto. Yeah. You Ooh. know who does have the money? Mm. Who? Mr. Moneybags himself, Galen Weston. Ew. Isn't that skeezy no, and gross? No, no. I don't, I don't want Galen. It's, it's bad enough he's near my food. I don't want him near my <laughs> hockey. No. And no, you know what? It's not even, and no, if, and I will say even no offense to Galen Weston. It's just that when you, it's going to be like a, a business person. It's going to be the owner of some form of a company that we pay into. It's like gonna, a Canadian crypto uh, company Canadian, or something? Yeah, something like that, if it is Canadian at all. Or it's going to be a business person in the U.S. that maybe is, just looks at it as an investment and says, meh. It's not that much money for me. Pocket change, you know, if I have to put in a hundred million or whatever. I don't even know what it's going to go up for, but whatever. Let's just say, yeah, a hundred million. That's fine. Sure, sure. You promise me, Ryan, that it's going to make some money. You're going to bring it attention. Good. And look what he's done to the the soccer team, uh, the Welsh soccer soccer team. He's created a whole series. Uh, around it as well and brought in so many new supporters to that team. I mean, he's he's familiar with what this could do for the, for the team and he will put in the work to do it. You, one thing about Ryan Reynolds that you'll notice is that if he is a part of something, he's a part of something. You'll see Aviation Gen in all of his shit that he ever does. Lucky Mobile. You, you will see it all over Mint Mobile. You will see Mint Mobile all over. You will see dead, like whatever references to anything he makes money off of are going to be front and center. That includes the Ottawa Senators, without a doubt in my mind. We could see a Sens game in Deadpool 3, for example. Like this could happen. Well, he's holding a glass of aviation gin on his Mint Mobile phone. And that's the kind of guy he is. So whatever he goes in on, I do have respect because he goes in on it hard. He's But he's making money off of it. So you can't blame the guy. He does it right. I'd like to see the consortium of investors he pulls together because it's going to be really interesting who he does decide he wants to work with because he's essentially going to front this bid even if he's not the guy with the most amount of money. Do you think Ryan called the other Ryan? Hey. Gosling. Gosling. 
Reynolds here. What you doing and how much? I know you got some kids and stuff like that. You got other shit you got to pay for. Let's but. have a hot wife contest. <laughs> how about your hot wife and my hot wife go on a date <laughs> to a Sens game? Sexy. <laughs> I like it. Blake Lively and Eva Mendez at a Sens game. That would actually make me want to go to a Sens game. Uh, can I blow through a couple of quick headlines? Sure. Give me a reaction if you've got one. If you don't, that's totally fine. But let's get some stuff on the record. Uh, Beatles fan, lifelong Beatles fan, claims he saw John Lennon's face in his beer. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. I think oh, he had too many it, if he saw John Lennon's face <laughs> in the beer. I was going to say, what, was that beer number seven? California man has earned the latest Guinness World Record title by eating 10 Carolina Reaper chili peppers in 33.15 seconds. Oh, why would you do that to yourself? How mangled is, it, is his asshole right now? <laughs> Very. <laughs> like, like when you leave your foot in the pool for too long, it comes out all wet and wrinkled and fucking blue. That's probably what his asshole oh, looks like good. right now is a wet foot. Why? An ESPN announcer has broken the Guinness World Record for the longest cornhole throw. He threw a corn-filled bag 76 feet and landed it. Holy shit. Isn't that insane? Okay, we have a we have a cornhole game for our, our radio station in Kitchener. We have a cornhole game that we bring to events. And the last time I was at an event, I'm like, well, here we go. I'm going to be good at this. Scott, it was about seven feet away. Couldn't even get it in there. Nope. Nope. No luck? Nope. A Christian influencer has been blasted for her comments on social media. She's the author of A Single Woman's Guide to Preparing for Dating and Marriage, and she says women don't want to compete with men in the workplace. Men can have the nine to five. She offers a theory that women don't want to spend their most fertile years chasing a job or a degree, further suggesting that women don't want to put careers before family and don't want to hustle our lives away. She says women want more for their families and their lives and futures. We're over competing. We're over chasing. We're over hustling. We're 100% over being boss babes. She's saying women don't really want to work and they'd be better off at home. Why is she speaking for all women? I'm really confused. Now, I haven't read the book, but just based on that synopsis that you gave, disagree with the the fact that the fact according to her that every woman feels this way that's kind of much that's a little much did you use the word controversial in the beginning of that i, I think did. you did i think you did well said uh-huh that's quite controversial uh-huh new list that'll help you tell if you're middle-aged Okay. Would you like to know? <laughs> sure, because I always, middle age is such an interesting thing, because if people think of middle age, they think of 50. And that, when you look at the, like how old we usually are, all are when we're dead, it's not actually right in the middle. Not a lot of us will live to 100. So I always ask, what is middle aged? So I'm very curious. Okay. Do you want to go point by point? Let's check it off. Let's give points here for middle aged or not. Sure. When you'd rather just have a warm drink rather than do shots. Coffee or tea? Mm, okay. I'm not there yet. I'm close. <laughs> when you actually enjoy getting up early on weekends. Okay, but yes, but I've always I've always been fine with getting up early on weekends. I'm an early bird. When you're slightly obsessed with things like farmers markets. Oh. <laughs> you know, I still don't At some point in your life, life changes and you think, 
I think I might go to St. Jacob's this Sounds weekend. good. Even though you've never done it before in your life. I mean, I've done the trek to St. Jacob's, and it is fabulous. I've got There's zero wrong with that place, especially on a nice summer day. Sure. When you spend much more time watching programs on channels like HGTV and <laughs> uh, when they say your favorite kind of programs are about gardening and homes. Yeah, well, I'll say when I was first, uh, when I got my first home, I remember my husband and I watched House Hunters nonstop. Like it was a problem. Uh-huh. We watched so many episodes of House Hunters, but I think it was more because that was that was where we are at was, hey, we're searching, we're first time home buyers. Let's watch the show and then we'll know what we're doing, which is not really that accurate, but very interesting nonetheless. For me now, I don't watch as many. I do like HGTV. It's got some great options. If it's on in the background, I'll watch it, but I don't seek it out. I spend the vast majority of my time watching news. When I'm not watching news, because I never want to commit to anything, I just want something easy and disposable. Food Network, HG. I go for those channels all the time now, just because mm-hmm. it's mindless, and I can just put it on and figure out who got a good deal on a fucking cottage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you want to put up uh, old barn beams. Good for you. Nah, I wouldn't have paid that much. <laughs> you ever gone on Pinterest to look up decorating ideas for your home? You know what? I don't have Pinterest. But my girlfriends talk about Pinterest a lot, so maybe that could include me on the list because all of my friends talk about Pinterest. Are you very passionate about candles? I fucking, you know I love candles. And diffusers. Check. Is that on the list? Oh, I love diffusers too. I fucking too. love diffusers. I've got I've got two and a half. I, I, I call the other one a half because it's, it's very, very tiny and it lasts for like an hour. But the other ones I have are like the jumbo ones from Sage. Uh-huh. So they last a long time. Okay, the Sage ones are great. I am now the girl in my relationship, by the way. I just the other day. Stereotypically speaking. I ordered a whole bunch of essential oils for the diffuser. Fabulous. That are all Christmas themed smells. Good. I got pine. I've got, well, whatever else smells like Christmas. You got the good shit? Gingerbread. Did you go the like. Vanilla bean. Did you go the good shit? I think it was semi-reputable. I don't think it was sage. I don't think they had that Christmas collection of scents. I'm one sh- of them, though. Yeah, I like the Happy Home Kit there, if anyone's wondering. Happy Home Kit's really good at Sage. That's good all year round. But I like the thought of a Christmas one. Tell me how that shit is. Do you buy clothes based on how sensible or practical they are? Or are you going for pure fashion and skin? I go for, um, no, I'm a mixed, I'm a mixed bag. I, I, I will wear something comfortable if I'm having that day. If I'm having a day where I want to wear something that's going to be uncomfortable, but it'll look good, I'm still doing it. Do you make a groaning sound when you get up from a chair? No, <laughs> <laughs> I do. Actually, (laughs) depending on which chair I'm on in my home, because some are more comfy than others. On my love seat, I actually just sort of roll off of it and then get up off the floor because it's easier than trying to get out of that actual couch. I don't do the grunt or groan thing, but sometimes things crack. Does that? Ah, (laughs) I don't know if that's on the list, but sometimes I move. I'm like, what even? What even was that? When you have a party at your house and nobody complains about the noise. They say, oh, you might be getting a little closer to middle-aged. Wait, why? You're supposed to pump like music really loud to the point where nobody can hear each other? Some people do. I can't They call it that. a party, and it's not for I everybody. Don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like the noise. <laughs> Has your hairdresser ever asked if you want your ears or eyebrow hairs trimmed? Well, no. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> when someone slightly younger than you offers you their seat on the bus... Okay, then I don't take the bus, so yes, I'm out of that. Okay, well, in any scenario, if somebody says, oh, w- would you like to take my seat? Oh, yeah. That's the world telling you, you old. I'd probably be, <laughs> even though they're trying to do something nice, I'd probably be pissed. Like, what the fuck are you, you talking about? Watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs>
<laughs> well, Kat, I'm happy to tell you that you're on your way, but you're not, not there yet. middle-aged yet. All right, all right. Have a fantastic Tuesday, everybody. I will be up late watching U.S. election coverage because yeah. I live for this shit. But uh, we'll have lots to talk about tomorrow on another episode of After 9. In the meantime, tell a friend, let's grow this show. And if you're listening to the radio tonight, Fresh 93.1 Barry's Hit Music is where you can hear the nighttime edition of the Scott and Cat Show. We're going to talk about passive aggressiveness tonight in Barry ah. and what that looks like at your workplace. Because some people's comments are outrageous. What it looks like is my workplace. <laughs> it's very relatable. We're surrounded by very sarcastic and articulate people. It's very, it's very much. You'll, you'll relate to it. You'll love it. And we will catch you right back here tomorrow too. Bye. Hey, I want to say congratulations to the Houston Astros on winning the 2022 World Series. It's a big, uh, it's big for Astros star pitcher Justin Verlander. He's almost 40, just won his second championship, and he's married to a supermodel. Tom Brady was like, congratulations. 50 students in El Paso, Texas, may have to retake the SAT after their answer sheets flew out of a UPS truck and were either lost or destroyed. The students are calling the incident disheartening, regrettable, disconcerting, or irksome. Get this, a JCPenney in Pennsylvania had to be closed temporarily after a deer entered the store and got into a dressing room. That story again, JCPenney is so empty, it's actually being reclaimed by nature. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.